0: So we're going to kind of jump all around today. I've, I've got kind of two subjects I'm going to kind of bring together into one and just kind of see how it flows and happens. And um, But as most of you guys know, we're in this transition period and I've been loving and really enjoying hearing Brandon come and, and speak and share with us the last couple of weeks. And uh, I shared this last week, but. Um, Just hearing his heart and hearing how God's been preparing him and and Amy to to come and pastor here and their their heart for the future and revival. And and. uh, I think that I don't know how I pictured. This transition happening, like I think that, uh, you know, trying to picture it, trying to plan of my thing and so trying to picture it and figure out how it's going to be and and uh, and it feels as good or better than I pictured it so that's good <laughs> it feels like oh, this is going to be a fun season this is going to be a fun transition um, and I was telling I was telling Brandon I said I think that you're we have just enough in common to bring comfort him and I and we have just enough uh, not in common to bring change i don 't know if that makes sense, but um, that part is exciting for me as i 've you know been here uh, next month will mark t- ten years exactly that we 've been here, and uh, I think a bunch of you have I mentioned this maybe from the pulpit before that um, it's it 's possible that very close to um, 10 years to the day and my 40th birthday will be my last day here and uh, so that'll be interesting Uh, and I there's just a whole bunch of things that God's doing of course with uh, me personally and and then with Mount Chapel and Brandon and Amy just seem to be um, just a good transition it's just this this transition, and anyway, I'm excited, and for what for what it's worth, I'm I, I love those guys, and I think it's going to be an amazing season. But with everything that I'm as I'm preparing messages and thinking through things, it's in the context, of course, of this transition, and 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 kind of leaving, or or taking us through kind of the the last, really like the last few messages that I'm preaching, and uh. And what I want to deposit, and what I kind of want to leave, and what I want to re, kind of preach and stir up, and um, and so I, I want to talk about, I want to talk about fruit, actually, believe it or not, um, and how to prepare. As I'm sitting and I'm actually listening to where Brandon's, uh, you know, thinking, and and obviously I've spent some more time with him than than you guys, but um, even just hearing his heart and and um, and him pulling and kind of marrying together some of what uh, he's grown in in the last um, bunch of years at Bethel. And then that marrying together with what Mountain Chapel has been doing. And and uh, so I'm doing my best to kind of bridge the gap or, or I don't even know what the words are, but fill in cracks, I guess, or something. I don't know. And and prepare us to be as healthy as we can and and not lose momentum, whatever momentum in in, and whatever area that we want to keep to not lose that momentum, both personally and then um, corporately. And and one of the things that I've I've been doing is kind of inventorying um, all the things I'm actually excited about to see change, you know, Gift mix and and focus that's different it's going to be different, and then all the things that i'm uh that I'm kind of i don't know bolstering up and kind of hoping that that keep momentum and and don't change and that keep growing and anyway and uh I was reading um, just in my kind of daily reading and morning reading and happened to come across the story of that We're all pretty familiar with where Jesus is telling the parable of sowing of the seeds. And he's talking about um, the different seed, the seeds falling in different places. The kingdom is like the seeds falling in different places and how different ground uh, receives the seed in different ways. And and uh, this the end of that story, which is uh, where I'm reading it, is Mark four, eight, it says, still, the other seed fell on the on good soil it came up, grew and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And, uh, and I felt like in when I was reading that, and I, probably um, if you've ever read um, scripture, I think that probably, I don't know about it percentage wise, but um, I would say 98% of the scripture I read feels like it just goes through my brain and spills out on the floor and never, and I not retain anything. Um, And then every once in a while, God like puts a bookmark somewhere or puts a pin somewhere and says, hey, hold on, I want to tell you something. And uh, um, I don't know, do you guys feel like that? Like I I could read like two pages and think, I have no idea what I just read. (laughs) Like I have no idea what just happened. And, uh, but what I've realized over time is that if I don't do that, God can't pin it most of the of the I'll say a good message most of the the revelations that God's given me has been in that cloud of reading where I don't know what I'm reading and God will all of a sudden go hey stop for a second and then I'll go back and I'll reread what I just read and I and I, I mean that's happened hundreds of times literally hundreds of times but the hundreds of hours that I've put into it just going into my brain and spilling out on the floor those times make it worth it. You know what I'm saying. And, anyways, this was one of those times where I don't even know if I knew I was in this story. Like it's, um, just familiar. And I was reading the story. And anyway, I hit this, this thing, and, and I felt like, uh, felt like the Lord said, multiplication. about multiplication. It's about multiplication. And, um, I realized that uh, all the years I've been um, a pastor. Um, I probably preached somewhere around five hundred times, and um, so oftentimes what I do when god 's stirring something up in me is i 'll i 'll go back and i 'll look at the other things he said along this uh, the same and so I started looking back at um, good soil and good seeds, and I started you know searching old messages and and so that's where I kind of came up with kind of combining these two things I felt like God was saying in the newer season. And anyway, I, none of that really matters, but that's why, why we're here. And uh, and then I started just thinking about multiplication and that we are uh, one of the visions, one of the the things we've been praying into for for quite a few years and that we're actually quite hopeful in is is growth, is church growth. And um and Brandon's been talking about that word revival, which we actually don't use that much. We all—it's familiar to us, but it's very much uh, a word that is used all the time at Bethel. I'm there two, two days a week now, and um, everybody's talking about revival. And uh, if 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 Bethel has a message, the message is revival in the earth. And um, and so, anyway, of course, Brandon's been bringing that as part of his 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 focus and excitement. And and uh, and I started this question of revival looks like um, this isn't the question, but the statement of revival looks like multiplication. It's 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 what we currently have. It's more of what we currently have. That makes sense. And then and then uh, me asking God the question, Okay, how do we how do we prepare For revival, how do we prepare for if if what we are praying into actually happens? Will we actually be ready? If if. Yeah, I'll say it like this, if if we were right. If if I was right about this being the season and the time for me to step away and Brandon and Amy heard right about this is the season of transition in their life and this is the right place for them to be. And if the uh, if the the elders and the board were right in recommending and then the the body was right in voting and I understand if like all these things were right. Then God has a plan to do this growth. Because whether or not we however we define revival, um, seeing God's goodness cover the Entire surface of the earth is his plan. How, whatever words you use or whatever strategy you use or however that's going to that is the plan. And so um, there's we believe that part of this transition and season and time um, is about growth. And uh, and there's this this whole idea of, of good soil and that seed polling in good soil doesn't just grow, but it actually multiplies. I was looking at um that you could do this with any plant and it, and it's pretty much true in 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 nature. But I was looking at just corn because it's easy. Um, a, one corn kernel grows one corn stalk. I know. One corn stalk healthy with enough space produces two uh usually produces two um, what are they called? Ears. Thank you doesn't make sense why we use that word. But yes, ears, ears of of corn. Uh, There's 250, of course, average on an average uh, um, ear of corn. There's 250 kernels. So in one season, there's potentially 500 times increase. One kernel to 500. Year two. 250,000 year three, maybe check my math, one hundred and twenty five million. By the fourth year, it's two and a half billion times multiplied in just four years. Now, that's just corn. If you look at different fruit and different, you know, there's lots of seeds that produce more. Look at an apple tree. That's pretty amazing. Some years, you know, there's how many apples? I don't know how many apples. It depends on the size of the tree and how, little, you know, all that stuff. But it's fun to think about that um, that a seed that falls on good soil isn't isn't actually meant to produce a plant. It's actually meant to produce more seeds. The, the idea isn't a plant. The idea is actually Multiplication. Multiplication, 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 growth. That more seeds would fall on good soil. Now, the cool thing about good soil is that when something grows in good soil, there's usually good soil around it. And so the seeds that fall around it also fall in good soil. Which speaks of community, which is not actually what I'm going to talk about. That's a different message. But the point's still there. Um. So yeah, the, the the neat thing about seeds is, is multiplication, exponential multiplication. And I felt like there's this word about um, about seeds growing, and and anyway, I'm going to try to communicate what's in my heart the best I can. Um, but the fact is is that that's what that's what God expects from us. God expects growth, but he expects multiplication, and the the combination of Good soil and the seeds of the kingdom are expected to produce and to multiply. Are you with me? Are you guys awake? Are you all right? All right. Um, John fifteen says, You do not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you that. For me, I, there's a whole bunch of obvious scriptures that apply to to revival. But that feels like revival to me. People are are bearing good fruit that lasts. Yes, not the difference between. Uh, I won't even ask it like that, because th- the difference between. uh The fruit. Of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit. So the gifts of the spirit are like really good fruit. That you didn't grow. The, The gifts of the spirit don't need good soil. They don't need a good. They don't they don't only show up at the good plant. It's a gift. Meaning you don't you didn't do anything to earn it. You didn't do anything to produce it. You didn't cultivate it. You didn't. It's just this gift. It's like this really amazing piece of fruit that. God gives you to whatever. It's a gift of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is actually cultivated over time in your life. And they're both important. But The fruit of the Spirit takes time and maturity and, yeah. And sometimes the the gifts of the Spirit actually aren't meant to, I don't know, I want to go into that aren't meant to actually reproduce. They're meant to be a gift. So. Yeah, Isaac's still in here. I gave Isaac a gift one time that was kind of a gift, but it was more of a seed. It was a weed eater. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like I've given him other gifts that were just gifts like. This is just for you to have fun. But this was gift. But it's more of a seed. It's more. This is more about planting and growing something. Um, so so there's a difference. And it, it's important for us to know the difference and to actually realize that um, different things are given at different times. One of the things I remember Tracy talking to us about is uh, in a in a famine place where we've actually we don't live in a country that really suffers from real famine. But um in a, in a country that has real famine, the challenge becomes when you actually uh, eat your your planting seed as food, right? So you, you treat your seed as gift isn't necessarily the right word, but as substance. Instead of using it to reproduce and to grow, you're starving. So you actually have to eat next year's planting seed. And, and that's how, um, you know, entire communities um get held in um poverty and uh famine. He says you can't get ever, ever get out of it. You can't get out of um famine. Anyway, that's a whole different thing, but we're talking about seed, so sorry, my brain went there. Um and one of the things I've learned, especially during this season, we how many of you guys are planting? Or should be pr- pretty much done planting, right? It's getting hot and we're, we're fixing up all of our uh, our sprinklers and making sure they're running. You know, you turn your sprinklers on for the first time and they're all shooting up in the air, and everything's going to big wet puddle over there that's not supposed to be there. And um, so we we know because we a lot of us plant or have seen plants. We uh, we we know that plants generally take three things, and they and depending on what you're growing, take three different levels of these different things: sun dirt and water and if you have the right combination for whatever it is you're trying to grow it grows now of course there's temperature and all the there's there's more in there but basically that's it and so it's very important that you know what you're trying to grow so some things need hours of sunlight they need to be in the in the sun for a long time and if they're in the in the shade and so it determines where you plant them and what side of the house and North, south, east or west and how much shade's going to hit them. And and then some things, if you put them in the sun for too long, they, they can't handle it. So they need some shade. They need some. Um, and so what I've realized is we're as we're trying to pick plants and trees and different things for the front of our yard is that depending on where we plant it in our yard is actually going to de- depend on what plants we put there. And then we have like we have the 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 other element here in in Weaverville that determines how we choose plants deer. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So like, am, am I, is it in the fence or is it out of the fence? Because if it's out of the fence, it's going to be this group of of plants and stuff. And, uh, and even still, oh yeah, this is deer resistant. You come out there and it's like <laughs> gone. Apparently that deer likes whatever that was. It's gone now. I can't remember. Uh, he ate the sign and everything and it's gone. But, uh. But yeah, so what you're growing, what you're what you're hoping to reproduce is is not just determined on like like, oh, I want this. So I'm going to stick it in the ground. You have to you have to figure out all the things that are going to go into actually reproduction. The healthy plant is one that's moving towards reproduction. It's moving towards like because nature actually naturally. Multiplies it naturally makes more of itself. It's amazing. God created nature to do that, to just to to go forth and multiply. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Um, All right. I kind of got off track a little bit. But uh, I want to look at two two types of fruit, because here's what the answer to all that is. Okay, so what are we trying to grow? If we're going to try and grow something, if we're going to try to grow some fruit, we got We need to know what it is. And so I want to look at two, two types of fruit and, um, and, and just talk a little bit about it because I don't know that we always separate these, these two types of fruit, but I feel like they're, they're important. The first one we've already talked about and is kind of the obvious one of the fruit of the Spirit um, in Galatians 5. And, um, and the second one is actually, uh, there's a couple other things, but, but what I'm going to hit on in Colossians 1 where Paul talks about the fruit of good works. And that um, the way that I that I began to kind of separate them is that I believe that our the fruit of the spirit is actually best seen in. Um, in our attitudes. It, the fruit of the spirit, it's, it's not about an attitude, but it's best revealed in our attitude. The fruit of the spirit is best revealed, it's best manifest, it's best inventoried in our attitudes and, and the fruit of good works is actually inventoried in our actions. So I want to look at the fruit of our attitudes and the fruit of our actions. And the whole idea is that we make this connection that we don't grow the fruit. We can't. As much as you can't make a, even you get the best plant, you get the best soil, you put it in the right sun, you give it all the water it needs, you actually can't make it grow. At some point, you have to step back and say, God, please make this plant grow. It was expensive and I want it to look pretty. I have a plan. Keep your creatures away from it. Please make it grow. Right? You can't, like, make it grow. We've been trying for years. You can put stuff to it. You can sing to it and whisper and cover it. and You can do all these things, but you literally cannot make it grow. It's the same thing in the kingdom. There's a whole bunch of things that we can do to prepare and to get ready and to to turn up the soil and fertilize the soil and plan on how much sun and how much water and some need a lot and some need a little and all these different things. But it's God that's going to make it grow. And Brandon kind of hinted at this a little bit last week of of the growth of the church, that we're actually not uh, that it's actually God's job to to grow the church. It's our job to seek the kingdom and, and to seek God and to have our, our relationship with God. And here's what here's what I, where I want to get to is that what do we do to get ready for revival is we we are or we keep ourselves being good soil. We keep ourselves in maintaining and taking care of and being good soil. Now, if you look at. Um. Before in Galatians five, before the the list of the fruit of the spirit—love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control—there's um, actually another list. And um, what was going on is that uh, this actually wasn't; it doesn't appear to be a celebration of all the good things that the Galatians were doing. Like, hey, well done! These are all the fruit of the spirit that I see evident in your life. Actually, it was quite the opposite. It was a little bit of a scolding and that he was saying, actually, this is kind of what's happening. And this leads you this way. And actually, where you want to go is this way. This is what we should be seeing. This is how we should be identifying that the fruit. Uh, It should look like this. This is what the fruit of a life with the spirit looks like. But this is actually what we're seeing. And so in um, 14... I'm going to read a couple parts of it for a little bit. But if you're there, uh, it says the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself, which we've heard that before. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you'll uh, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. I skipped a little bit, but the acts of of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discouragement. Uh, Discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions of envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom. So he's he's recognizing some like trouble. He's like, listen, you got this stuff is the wrong, like the 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 fruit. Of the wrong tree. This is a bad fruit. What we're looking for is a different fruit. This is the fruit we're looking in. The fruit of the spirit. This is what we want to see. And uh, it doesn't. It's It's not about. And, and here's where it comes in. I know that. Um, I grew up in an environment. And in a culture. A uh, church environment. Church culture where. Um, you focused on. Um, it was unintentional. But. Some of you probably remember this. You you focused on what you wanted to avoid. And, and. And I don't want to do that because what I believe what you focus on, you become. Uh, if you, What you think about, you manifest. And so it's not that we want to, like, focus on this list of these are all the bad things. We've got to identify all the bad things, whatever it is what we're doing, and then we've got to try to get away from them. Now, what we want to do is actually focus on the good things because you might not be able to identify all the plants in in the forest, but you should be able to tell a poison oak from a zucchini. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I hope I hope you can. So it's it's not about identifying everything, but it is about you know knowing the pits and knowing the difference between the fruit, being able to recognize. You know, the good fruit and the bad fruit. Are you guys with me? Are you okay? Okay. I'm not saying anybody's having bad fruit. I'm just saying. That's for you to inventory, not me. The whole beginning of this, which is amazing to me, um, in Galatians, talks about not judging. And then the whole chapter is about judging. Judging. Anyway, sorry, that's a different message again. Uh, so if I'm if I'm bearing fruit of the spirit, then. We're not going to be biting and devouring each other. We're not going to be having there's not going to be hatred in our hearts. We're not going to be have jealous and envy towards each other. We won't have anything to do with. Divisive behavior. Especially in the church. Or dissension in the church family. Instead we, we. We focus on and move towards. The fruit of the spirit. Now again. I want to make this really clear. Because it's important. That we don't grow the fruit. We prepare the soil. What you can do. Is water the tree. And tend to the tree. What you can do Is. Is cultivate what makes good fruit, but it's actually not the fruit of good behavior, right? It's the fruit of the spirit. Yes, thank you, Garrett. It's the fruit of the spirit, meaning it's the, it's actually the fruit is the evidence of what the what the tree is. So the fruit the fruit is the evidence of the spirit active in your life. It's not because you're really well behaved. It's because you listen to the spirit and you've practiced. And it affects how you behave. Some, it can sometimes feel like semantics and like, well, how do I? I just need to try hard to be better behaved. But, it, but, it, but it's not that way. But it still can be identified in behavior. So, for instance, the way I kind of wrote these down is that when the fruit is active in your life, the fruit of the spirit is active in your life. It's not just that you love people. It's actually that people feel loved around you. How many of you know that you can't make people feel loved around you? You can do things that help. But it's the fruit of the spirit that actually attracts and, and, and creates that atmosphere of, lo- of love. And you can go on down the list. I manifest joy on a regular best basis. Not I pretend to be happy. You know, things are really bad. I need to go to church and pretend that I'm happy. That's not joy. <laughs> OK, that's again, that's another message. But uh, I bring peace. I when I was thinking about when we were just thinking about when you walk into the room. Um, and John, she just talks about that. Uh, I'm in him. He's in me. There in. Us and we're in them. When he walks in the room is is when you walk in the room. That's when he shows up, when you show up. And peace is one of those things. And you've either been this or you've probably experienced it, I hope. That the peace of... Jesus, the peace of the fruit of the spirit, the active spirit in someone's life that literally shifts the atmosphere. I don't know what it is, but peace is one of the ones that's easiest to see and feel. I mean, all of these things are can be in the atmosphere and be shifted. But peace is the one that you can feel almost instantly. And everybody, if they're paying attention, can feel it. Where they're like. It feels tense. There's like that electricity in your hair. Your hair standing up and you're like, feels like anything. Can, and someone walks in or someone prays or someone invites the Holy Spirit or somebody. Something happens and all of a sudden you're like. It's something's different. The situation didn't necessarily change. We're still in a hospital room. We're still in an emergency. We're, we're still wherever we are. But all of a sudden there's a level of Peace. That surpasses the understanding. The situation hasn't changed, but the peace level in the room has changed. And people that walk in the fruit of the spirit, it's one of the things you can't do that. You can't just like, listen, everybody, we're going to be more peaceful now. But you can cultivate peace. How many of you know before you walk into I've done it many times, as many of you have I don't know why I think I'm thinking hospital room, but it's just one of those places where there's an elevated level of anxiety oftentimes. And what they really need is peace. It's one of those times where you can actually stop and you can cultivate peace. It's not your peace, even though it's growing on the, the tree of the spirit that's active in your life. Right. So you can access it. You, you stop before you go in and you go, God, I need your peace. Make it evident to the people in this room. Let me let me be a part of changing this atmosphere because I want you to walk in the room as I walk in the room. It's amazing. What an amazing co-laboring. Man, it's fun. Um, how about being known for being patient? One of the ways you can inventory whether you have the fruit of the Spirit in your life is ask the people around you. I know it's scary. Maybe you want to Wait, but if you want to know, ask, hey, do do you think of me as a patient person? If they don't say anything, the answer is no. So your eyes just get big and I think I left the oven on. (laughs) Yeah. Kindness comes natural to me. It's another good one to ask. Hey, do you think of me as a kind person? Kindness comes natural. It's not something that that you, you have to work at. It's not something that like. Now, there is those times when you have to capture those thoughts because you want to strangle someone. And you're like, Jesus, help me. Jesus, take the wheel. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is like kindness. Kindness is actually a first reaction. It's actually natural for me to be kind. That's a fruit of the spirit. It's not that when you when you get into the situation, then you have to try to squeeze out an orange Punk. You walk into a situation and you go, oh, I have that. I have those growing right here. Because why? Because that's where they grow. They've been growing there for a long time. It comes natural. It's part of what kindness is part of what. How I think. It's part of how I act. The same with self-control. Are you known as someone that has self-control? Are you known as someone that exudes self-control during times when self-control would be challenging? I know you guys have heard me say this before, but I hope I get credit for this one for some years, that Jesus died on the cross so you could control yourself. I love to say that because it's true that God gave us the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the helper to come through the cross. And part of the fruit of that relationship is self-control, the ability to actually control yourself. And it's not just you trying really hard. How many of you guys know that in those situations, we, we, when, when it really matters, it's actually quite difficult. But if you have the fruit of self-control and you can access a partnership with the Holy Spirit during those times when you really probably naturally would lose it, all of a sudden you're like, hmm, it's not that hard. I actually feel pretty well under control. I can actually still and to to define self-control is self-control is the ability to be yourself. In any situation, that's the basic Definition if you need one of self-control, it's I'm me no matter what's going on around me So no matter what you do, I still behave like me Does that make sense? I tried to explain to somebody one time about manipulation and they they were talking to me about hey They they keep trying to manipulate me. I said well, that's your choice You can't make them stop manipulating you, but you can stop being manipulated Well, they're lying to me. You also can't do anything about that I mean, you do your best to figure out and not do, but but if they're manipulating you to be generous, guess what? You're generous. It's part of your. So you being generous is something that someone can always count on until you catch them lying to you and you realize, oh, I'm not going to do that. Does that make sense? <laughs> being powerful, being self-controlled. Is that I I deal with people, I am me, no matter what's going on around me. And the the strength to actually do that, and not get derailed, and not get offended, and not get frustrated, and not all the things that come. All that is the fruit of the Spirit. The evidence of the the self-control fruit being ripe on the vine and ready to pick, ready to eat. Yeah, it's there. You're still there? Matthew 7, Jesus says, you know a tree by its fruit. The fruit doesn't make the tree, but the tree makes the fruit. But the fruit identifies the tree. The best way to know what kind of fruit tree a fruit tree is is when it has fruit on it. If it's growing apples, you can be pretty sure it's an apple tree. Now, we just planted a plum tree and it has three kinds of plums on it. Which is weird to me. They graft it in. You know how they do that? And the the people we bought it from said that um, at the nursery down here, they said that actually it naturally... Wants to be one kind. It naturally wants to be the original fruit that it was, and so it will actually. You have to prune back and keep everything even, or it'll naturally, over time, become one fruit. Isn't that amazing? Because because the tree in in its DNA knows what to be. Now we've kind of tricked it into like other things you know sucking energy off that tree it's pretty neat that science did that but the the fact is, is that naturally left to its left left to the way that God created it it actually will only make that fruit in which it was created to make pretty amazing it will just kind of overcome it. and it'll act, literally the the ones that the, the it'll pick whichever one is strongest has the most uh She said she didn't know if it was like the original one or if it was the one that's most strong. And the other ones will, it will literally pull energy away from the things that it's not and and put all its energy into that one. Pretty neat. The point being is that we we identify a tree by its fruit. And, um, you know, we we can call a tree in our yard, which I've done and probably... It's like you, when you you get a new you move into a new place or whatever, and maybe someone tells you, yeah, that's a that's a peach tree or that's a I, oftentimes a plum or a cherry tree. They get switched around around here, and uh, and you're like, oh, you could you, for six months you could tell everybody, I got a cherry tree in my yard, I got a cherry tree in my yard. Look at that, I'm going to get cherries this year, and then all of a sudden, what do you get? Hey, those are plums. <laughs> what happened? Oh, I guess I got a plum tree. Right, the proof is that in the fruit. Now it didn't become a plum tree when the fruit when the plum showed up. it was always a plum tree, but the proof is in the fruit you can't argue with the fruit. you could hang a sign on it that says it's a cherry tree. You can declare over it every day that it 's a cherry tree. it will still make plums because it 's a plum tree um, yeah, so fruit now the fruit of of The fruit of our our attitudes, or the fruit of our heart, actually cultivates the fruit of our actions. It builds and and cultivates the fruit of of our activities, of our actions, of our good works. Paul wrote, says, we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please Him in every way, bearing good fruit in every good work. The fruit of good works is is anything that we do in his name. And this is one of those things that in our culture, especially. um, It's amazing to me or interesting to me that um, you see this as you get outside and and look at different denominations and different. um, I've had this conversation with multiple pastors and people in different um, and that there's other streams that actually focus more on on works. And our work's focused, and we know that there's a there's a slippery slope over there when we connect our works to our value. That's the challenge, which we've talked about a lot that when when you your identity is connected to what you can accomplish for the Lord, that um, you, you you actually take some power out of the cross because your actually value comes from what he said you are, not what you can accomplish. However, in that culture, you get some really hard workers. And it's actually a real problem in the church is that when we've actually led people to what I believe is more truth, that your identity is actually fully in Christ, meaning that you're not obligated to work harder to be more valuable in the kingdom. Unfortunately, the cultural result is we work less harder. We're actually less valuable to the people around us. Because we don't have to be. We don't there's no identity in I need to serve a certain amount of hours of the church. I need to if you anyway, it's an interesting challenge to the culture of freedom and empowerment and identity and what we call the culture of you're amazing. It's actually in that way and works is actually making people less amazing. Anyway, I don't know if you guys have experienced that. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but it's going to be one of those challenges that we've got to overcome because we're, uh, Bethel right now is actually, um, has realized this years ago that they, the volunteer for the size of that. They are the volunteer culture, uh, is non-existent it's it's being developed it's being uh encouraged but the the drive and, I, and I'm talking about in the culture not individually there's there and it's not about these people are not good or anything like that what i'm saying is a culture and a culture is like a system of beliefs that's within the group of people that lead you to make a lifestyle and there's not a strong volunteer culture Meaning that there's not like it's not part of my life that this is normal, that I find a place to serve. I find a place that like I have this need and this drive to go into to serve somewhere in the church, to be part of making things happen. It's not normal, a normal part of of that stream that we're actually a part of. And and especially when you go to, to other places that have. Ten times the amount of people in the church that Bethel has and a quarter of the staff. But they have an army of volunteers. And so we're looking like, wow, what's what's going on? That's amazing. That's weird. It's different. And so we're beginning to recognize. And and part of it is, is that we've released people from this obligation that your value is in what you do. And that while that's true. We do need to make sure we pick up all of the truth that there isn't fruit expected in good works. There's actually an expectation for you to do good works. Meaning that it is free the gift of of a pure clean sinless identity is free from Jesus through the cross. It's amazing and wonderful. There's no obligation However, there is expectation. There's an expectation on you to do good works. To do good works. And, and, and Jesus said, even a glass of water. Even a visit. Just do something. Do something in his name. Do something to, to, to connect and to minister. Do something that's not for you, but for them. For someone else anybody else, without ulterior motives be involved good works it's part of the fruit it's part of the the package it's part of the expectation and it's something that uh, more and more um, you know I Job I'm doing at Bethel is actually the volunteer coordinator. It doesn't mean that I'm a volunteer. It means that I coordinate volunteers I realize that that title while it's the kind of industry standard title everybody's like so it's a volunteer. No, no I coordinate the volunteers So I have I have 600 volunteers that we've trained over the last uh, It's 500 that were handed to me and over the last almost eight months. We've trained about another hundred and um and it's challenging oftentimes to get 50 to to come to something. We had a service, and this is not... we are, They're wonderful, wonderful people. These are like amazing people. They're busy. They got things going on. Amazing people. Like y'all, they're just amazing people. We did a work day for a, a, a lady and had four people show up. Now, everybody's got... Everybody's got stuff going on. And everybody's got a good reason. It's just not part of the culture yet. So we're trying to build this culture that when someone needs me, when the church calls on my name. And then and that, that I, I actually feel motivated to go. There's a motivation, an internal motivation that this is actually part of being part of the church, part of being part of the body. That good, good works. Now, I understand that um, we've also taken advantage of it as a church. But that doesn't, there's also, we've got to be careful to not give it to the enemy. That like, well, they've taken advantage, so I don't, I'm, you know, it smells like a to me. To so just be careful with that one. So how do we do this? How do we how do we grow good fruit? And I'm pretty much done. And and the bottom line is this is, you know, what is what is our responsibility? If we're not if we can't grow fruit, what's our responsibility? What part of the process do we own? What role do we play in having fruit ready to go? The role is be good soil. You don't know what seeds are going to fall. You know, the, the seeds that Jesus was talking about were the kingdom. How many of you guys know that the kingdom comes in a lot of different shapes of seed? A lot of different things going on. But I can almost guarantee you that as this transition happens, there's going to be opportunities for the fruit of the Spirit to be to need harvesting in your life, accessed, and the fruit of good works. Both of them are going to be called on. Both of them, the, the, the fruit of kindness and love and self-control. And volunteerism and, and showing up and helping out. And and it's just our job to be good soil. Just tend your soil. Am I, am I able to? To receive seed and grow seed. Are these things growing in my life? Or is there something I'm doing? It's like, yeah, my whole yard is pretty well tended. Except for that area. Because that's where I park. And I need to park there. And so that's that's kind of packed down. But that's not going to grow. I would challenge you. That maybe you got to park on the street. <laughs> that only goes so far. But you know, you understand what I'm saying? It's like it's our job, especially during the season, and I feel like God was just calling special attention to um, preparing ourselves to be good soil, preparing ourselves for the growth uh, that God has. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I encourage you if you um, if you don't know that story, to read that story. It's in there a couple of different places, but um, in the Gospels, the, the story of the seed. And uh, because I, I'll say in in, in confidence, because it happens to me often that if you flip into that, looking for God to and asking for God to teach you and to give you some revelation through it he's faithful it's like god i want to be good soil so show me like and i would say just read it every day read it every day until he's like bang that's it like oh okay like i think brian just mentioned like pull the weeds or someone just mentioned pull the weeds in your garden well what does that mean like we know that we don't like what does it mean where are the weeds what what are the weeds what is the What's going on it, it, it's absolutely right but like we what we need is we need for the holy spirit to go mm, This is the area that area where you park That area in the corner that you don't ever put pay, pay, pay attention to the area that's tough to To tend because it's whatever there's big boulders in the ground and you got to deal with those you, you understand like Get with the holy spirit It's not the fruit of your effort. It's the fruit of the holy spirit We just need to tend the soil. So would you guys stand with me? Um, I know a bunch of you have been asking about the transition and what it looks like. And there's a reason why you don't know is because we don't know. Um, We're trying to uh, pick some dates that work with um, having the people here that Brandon would like to be here as far as his first Sunday. But basically, it's going to be pretty well transition um, through June and, and in June. Um, And so we'll be looking to to see something on the calendar. Hopefully by next Sunday, we'll let you guys know when uh, we'll do kind of a commissioning service, which will basically be my uh, last service. But we'll kind of officially put um, put Brandon in as as the senior leader. And then I'll be around and stuff and probably preach one more time or something. But um, basically, the summer's filling up and and things are happening. So that'll be that'll be coming. That'll be happening. It's not going to be like a um I mean that will obviously have a date and we'll let you know as soon as we have the date hopefully sometime this week or the date will pass but um yeah so that'll be happening something to look for um and then we'll do like a, a service and a commissioning type thing and then have a big barbecue or something I don't know what we'll do but something like that so um and that'll happen sometime in June and then uh yeah, so that'll all be going on, and that's as much as, as we know, and so now you know what we know. And, uh, oh, and then I guess the other thing, too, is that they, they're they not going to be moving up here directly. Um, uh, Brandon will be commuting for the summertime at least, and, um, but he'll be up here most of the time, and, and so that's kind of happening as they're figuring out what to do with their house and all that kind of stuff. So, um, keep them in prayer and, and all that and i think that's that's all the information i have so um lord we just thank you that, um, that i just thank you that i feel you in this transition i feel you in this process and and uh there's been you know challenging times confusing times frustrating times but lord we just we feel your presence in it and and, and we feel like we're we're stepping into the right direction and and we thank you for the, the the blessing that is Brandon and Amy and their family and, and as we over the next you know 4 weeks or so kind of prepare for this the finality of the transition we just uh pray that you just keep our our um keep our our help us keep our plants cultivated keep our our fruit ready and available and uh as things are Change is challenging and tricky and can be frustrating and all those things that's bound to all happen but lord just keep us gracious and and kind and encouraging and and um, merciful and all those things we need lord we just we pray for your fruit to be evident in our lives and that we would just love really well through the situation we'd love each other we'd love the the church family we'd love uh brandon and amy we we just take really good care of of just kind of our own hearts and the hearts of a of our of our family so thank you and bless you lord and, and we love you and thanks for us on another sunny beautiful day um i can feel it's getting really hot in here so amen